1: Yo, what the heck is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Kind of Funny X-Cast, your home for all things Xbox. Here at Kind of Funny, of course, I'm one of your hosts, Snowbike Mike, and today I am joined by just one... Of my gaming dads, Mr. Paris Lilly, back on the set after our big interview with one Phil Spencer. Of course, we're going to be talking about that because we took a week off afterwards, but we haven't been back since the Phil interview. So, Paris, let's check in first off. How are you? And, of course, congratulations on a great show, my friend.
2: No, congratulations to you, Mike, for being an awesome host on that episode. Um, you know, I knew it couldn't have been easy, but, you know, I think I think we did the best that we could. But, no, I'm good. I'm good. Obviously, we had the extended uh, break here, you know, between that episode and now. Um, you know, a lot has happened since then. It's It's been interesting, you know, watching what's going across the gaming landscape over the past couple of weeks. But uh, doing doing good. My Lakers not doing as good as I would hope they would be doing right now. But, yeah. Uh, Oh my god, nothing's gonna love, stop that man from shooting threes. I was losing my mind on that. But um I did get to see the closeout game in person, game six, uh, against the Golden State Warriors. And uh my son and I had an awesome time and uh his team lost and mine didn't. So at least I have that. He did I not talk you. he did not talk to me the entire ride. <laughs>
1: I loved that photo of you wearing the Lakers jersey and your son rocking the Golden State jersey. What a great photo. Just family having fun at the game. And that's so awesome. And, of course, yeah, our names were in the news a lot this past couple of weeks, thanks to our interview. But, you know, someone's name is always in the news, and that's Mr. Jeff Grubb. Jeff Grubb, you are the coolest dude in video games. You are one of the awesome many that I get to hang out with and call a friend. Of course, I'm pleased to have you on the show. How are you today, Jeff? Jeff.
3: I'm fantastic so I'm with you boys. I, listen, you only got one gaming dad here, but I would like to apply for the job. All right, yes. Mike? <laughs> yes. Get me in there. Let me be daddy. All right? You can
1: be my third gaming daddy. I love yes. that, Jeff. Hell grub. yes. Anytime. Jeff, of course, me and Paris. I know Paris's name has been in the headlines before, but it was kind of my first time where the spotlight oh, was yeah. put on the podcast. How and it, feel? it was. Uh, it was fun. It was overwhelming. It was wild. <laughs> you know, my birthday was just three days later, so I was like, oh, man, I got to run away and hide for my birthday, but it was really cool, Jeff, and it was awesome to get to share that experience with, of course, Paris and Gary and Baird here on the team and, you know, kind of say, oh, wow, that was a special moment, and of course, it wasn't the best moment for Xbox, but it was a real moment, and I think we got something special out of Phil, and I think the community really enjoyed that and, of course, took a lot from that, but that's what I want to talk with you about before. Before we kick off the show, is like, what is that feeling like for you, Jeff Grubb? Of course, you have been someone who has shared a lot of insider news before you have been out, out there, before your name is always in headlines. What's that like for you? Is that a pressure on you, or have you just come to accept it and understand it? Uh,
3: it's, it's a pressure. Uh, I won't pretend like I don't do it to myself. Like, uh, I absolutely do it to myself. Uh, it, you know, it's one of those things where um, – you know that Dale Carnegie thing. The, the the most beautiful word in the English language to everybody is their own name. So it, it, that definitely drives a lot of that stuff. It, like I think in a deep down level, where I'm just like, oh yeah, of course I like it when people are talking, uh, you know, about the stuff that I'm reporting. But immediately after that, when it's like in that waiting phase of I've reported something, and now there's all this room for skepticism and for things to change and for all this other stuff uh, to happen, it's that's all just pressure, and that all mostly most of the time feels kind of rough. Uh, and, 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 you know, th- th- that's especially true when it's something like that, that hi-fi rush story where it's like, this is something most people don't actually want to hear. They don't want to hear this specific thing because it's, a, a, <laughs> you know, slightly bad news, maybe, about a game they either really like. And and Microsoft is, is going to kind of take a, a position where they're like, well, it's not exactly true, even though it's, it's definitely true, but it's it, it, it's. Still, something like, okay, so I'm I'm reporting this, and uh, not only is it not like a fun, oh, Jeff Grubb said this, everyone's kind of mad at me. And it's like, okay, well, that's part of the job, too, and you just have to accept it. So the real key to most of this is uh, you got to take the highs and the lows in the same exact way, which is kind of don't take them at all. Let it all happen over there. When the day's over, walk away from the computer. Go actually touch grass. Go outside. Take a walk. Spend time with the family. And that's been – something, a learned lesson over time that I've been able to, to uh, uh, apply and it's helped out a lot.
1: Wise words right there from you, Jeff Grubb. I really like that. And we're going to talk about that kind of words being misconstrued and where that goes after you break that news, right? We definitely had that with, of course, Phil in the Xbox community. And we're going to yes, talk definitely. about that at the beginning of this podcast. But Paris, of course, did were you able to break away from the computer and go touch grass, as Jeff Grubb <laughs> said after our interview?
2: No, I, I definitely... Needed to. And, and I did again, just, you know, talking about like going to a Laker game with my son, doing some some other stuff with the family um, to kind of get away from that, because it was surreal in that moment doing that interview. And then knowing like I know, you know, the kind of funny crew, everyone was sitting there watching it in real time and getting their instant reaction and go, whoa this might be a pretty big deal. And then to obviously see everything that happened the coming days afterwards. And to your point, having your name in the headlines like that. You know, with with that type of interview, you know, with the head of Xbox, it's good to not just read the comments because some are going to oh, be yeah. good, some are going to be bad. You know, it's it is what it is at that point. You've already said it, you've already done it, you just own it and and move on from that. So yeah, I I definitely got got away because it was needed.
1: I like that, guys. Well, definitely was an incredible week for us. We took a nice little break. We're back again with my gaming daddies over here with Jeff Grubb this week. And, of course, we got a whole lot of fun because next week I'll be joined by one of my inspirations and heroes, Ryan McCaffrey, on the podcast. We finally locked him down. PlayStation showcases are trying to hold me and Ryan back from hanging out together. But we're going to have him on the podcast next week. We got a great lineup for you. And, of course, Summer Game Fest is right around the corner, which means the Xbox game showcase will be happening very very soon so we got a whole lot of xbox news to talk about because this is the kind of funny x cast each and every thursday at 6 a.m west coast best coast time we bring you the Xbox news you need to know about, of course, on youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames, podcast services around the globe, and roosterteeth.com. Don't forget that Kind of Funny is now Epic Games Partners, which means you can support the team in a brand new way. If you're buying games off the Epic Games store, if you're upgrading your look in Rocket League, Fortnite, or Fall Guys with the new creative mode, please use our Epic Creator code, Kind of Funny, at checkout anytime to support the team. And talking about those who support us here, we want to thank everyone. Whether you watch live, whether you're watching over on Twitter, you YouTube, or if you're supporting us on patreon thank you all so much for helping keeping the lights on and supporting all 11 full-time employees here at kind of funny thank you to our patreon producer for the month of May, Delaney Twining. Thank you for your support and thank you to our sponsor for the week, Shady Rays. But I'll tell you all about that in just a little bit. Let's dive into it because of course, the last episode we had was all about Phil Spencer and the state of Xbox after Redfall. And of course the CMA blocking the Activision Blizzard deal. So Jeff, I kind of want to talk to you because me and Paris of course have shared that interview, but I want to talk about words being misconstrued and the big headline coming out of that was, xbox needs great games or does it not need great games jeff? right and of course that was the big headline that kind of went with it when we asked phil about what is going on with xbox do you still feel like you have the focus on the consoles and you know that was the one big line that a lot of people took away from that what do you think about that jeff does xbox need great games to be moved from third to second or first place in the console area
3: uh, I think uh, that little twist there at, at at the end, Mike, is is the thing that I think uh, Phil focused on and why his answer had some um, not not too obvious nuance to it where, where he was like, we're not thinking about third, second, first place in terms of that's our motivating factor in making great games. I think that's what he was trying to say. Yes. I think it goes without saying that if you are in the video gaming business, you need great games. We see the evidence of of what happens when a publisher or a new a new going concern comes in and, and doesn't have that stuff. I mean, Stadia was was never going to stand a chance without great exclusives. There's just no reason to buy into that ecosystem until there there was that, and there was not even really the sniff of a promise of that. Um, when it comes to Microsoft, I think that uh, that answer that he was giving was it came from a place of. We are very much in contact with our biggest fans. We are very much we we exchange uh, messages with them. We uh we go on their podcasts. We go on their shows. Uh and I, I and I think that when he is answering that question, he is answering it as if it was being asked from that perspective of, are you going to go get back in the console race one hundred percent like that is going to be your focus and obviously no they are looking in a different direction that still requires them to make great games but if the idea was to make great games to beat PlayStation in the console race the answer was the answer was no but of course yeah great games they they need them i think that um, the, 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 and they also do need to focus on Xbox consoles at the same time because that 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 strategy of growing in this other direction is a long term mm-hmm. prospect. And in the media, the immediate future where you're going to sell like Xbox Game Pass, if that's still like the, the number one thing, is going to be when you sell a new Xbox. So you got you, you still have to be focused on that. It's just it, 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 that's not the primary strategy. That is part of a larger
2: strategy. Yeah. If if I could jump on that yeah, point yeah, of what Paris. you're saying because. If if I have a regret from that interview, it was that we did not have time to properly follow up on yes. what he said, because I was thinking in the moment I, I got what he said. But obviously, in retrospect, I can see how it's been interpreted the way that it was. I've always looked at Xbox as their strategy. And, and he's talked about this I, it's like since 2020. He's been talking about this, but I've looked at Xbox's strategy that it's no longer about selling the most consoles which is what he was talking about it's they have let's, let's just say for you know for all intents and purposes there's 200 million console players that play across PlayStation Xbox you know Nintendo right they're trying to reach the people beyond that they're trying to obviously pull in the PC base they're trying to grab that mobile crowd they're trying to grab my wife who does not play games right they're trying to get her to play games so it's about instead of trying to get people to come to where the games are let's instead bring the games to where the people are that's the philosophy that i've seen with them and i just think maybe phil could have clarified that a little better because to me it is a no-brainer of course they have to make great none of this works if you don't make great games but he did follow up
3: on twitter a little bit uh, mbg uh, the friend of mine was like hey i don't think they need to make uh, great games to sell xbox they just need to make great games and phil's like exactly very well said yes and it's when you go back and listen to the context and you have to be like generous with understanding the context in that situation, because he, he was in a bad mood, right? He admitted that during the right. interview and he was in like that sort of gloomy mindset. So I think a lot of that tainted how, how people heard that his mm-hmm. response. And I think it also, it tainted the, the color of the, of the words he said, but really when you look at the context, he was saying, when people come to me and talk to me about winning the console race and it's okay, that's, that's where he was talking about. And they're just not going to do that anymore. And uh it, but it does go back to like, yeah, they want—they're trying to get your wife. They're trying to get this, this, uh, these billions of gamers that they talk about. They know right now that is still mostly a pipe dream. That is still something that mostly happens after a 10, 15 fifteen-year period. Yep. And in the meantime, the Xbox is where this stuff is going to happen. And, and regardless whether whether that's the, whatever the strategy is, really, the the strategy of being in the video game business is making video games. You have to believe in video games. That they have to say, well, we have a problem. As a video game company, we have problems. Here's all our problems. What they specifically are doesn't matter. The answer to every single one of those problems, the solution should be: let's make a good video game. And I, I, think when every sort of publisher kind of gets in that mindset, which they've, um, they, they, you know, they wax and wane with that stuff. We see like Activision right now. It's like we believe in making Call of Duty. We don't really believe in making much else. And it's like, well, hopefully when Microsoft comes in, they can change that. But does Microsoft believe in that? I think they do. But they need to kind of keep
2: proving that. Yeah, no, 100%. And I think that's part of where he was like, it's not going to matter if Starfield is an 11 out of 10. Look, I hope it's 11 out of 10. And I hope it's a great game. Yeah, but same. that that alone is not going to magically have them outpace PlayStation or Nintendo in hardware sales. It is going to take a long term, to your point, consistency. Of, of quality games versus what we've seen obviously over the last uh, last few years, which has kind of created this uproar. So I got what he was saying, yeah. but I do think he should have clarif- clarified. Yeah, I don't blame anyone more. who misunderstood. Because yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: It, was, it was a little bit muddled and it was very much easy to hear it as, this is why making great games doesn't matter. And that's not yeah. what he was trying to say. Right. I, because, but, but I heard a lot of a lot of people on YouTube, a lot of places were just like, uh you don't need like the 11 out of 10 thing you know make 11 out of 10 starfield people aren't going to go sell their ps5s and everyone's like they don't need to sell their ps5s they they, they just need to buy xbox and that's what he was saying he was just going in a way that was kind of going through the reasoning for why they think that way and that sounded like a reason why they weren't doing it when it's actually exactly the reason they are doing it
2: yeah i I mean again the way i interpreted it was they're in the they're in the ecosystem business, right? It's yeah. not necessarily about the console business anymore. And and to be perfectly honest, even look at what PlayStation is doing. They're obviously starting to pivot more into the ecosystem business Absolutely. of, hey, let's get more yes. people in PC, mobile, etc. Because that's the future. That's how you grow. This industry is getting more people versus the same 200 million people playing the same games over and over. But whether it's PlayStation, Nintendo or Xbox, if, if the games aren't good, no one cares. So to me, that was the no-brainer of it. It's you got to have the quality games. And obviously, Xbox is doing things like Game Pass. You know, obviously, with this Activision deal, they're trying to, you know, pivot into more mobile things as well because that's how you get more people to play. But of course, the games have to be quality. Of course, Starfield has to be quality. Of course, Forza has to be quality. Of course, L-Blade, Perfect Dark, Avowed on down the line. These, If they have more Red Falls, then that's a problem. And yeah. And I think... Kind of pivoting that just slightly i think the one silver lining out of all of this would redfall i will say for the thousandth time I agree with that game coming out it should have been delayed in my personal opinion but it came out it is what it is the scores are what they are the, the heat that they're taking is justified because of that but i do think the one in the one silver lining and phil did touch on this is they're going to look at their internal processes now they're going to look at their quality control. Maybe they do need to be a little more hands-on versus what they have been. And and one point with Bethesda in general, you have to think that's an entire publisher that they're trying to onboard into yeah. their org. That is not easy, and it's not an excuse, but it's not easy. So yeah. I'm sure there's some gaps that are still there that they're going to need to look at and fix. And and it's like there is questions about that because are they trying to onboard? There's
3: Internally, I, I know th- that it works this way where Bethesda still is just Bethesda, and that goes mm-hmm. so far as to like the perks that apply to Microsoft employees do not apply to Bethesda employees. They have a whole separate HR right. system, a whole separate employee hi- hierarchy. All that stuff is lives in a completely different silo, and I think that um, that culture very easily could produce something like Redfall, where... That's their problem. They have their they have all these things over there. They have their own processes for dealing this way. They've made games for a long time. Like, yeah, there's some issues with that game. We see that, but we're busy. We've got a lot of stuff happening over here on, on, under old Microsoft gaming, we're not going to pay attention to that. Now, that is obviously not not acceptable, like, because you it does result in a game like Redfall, and it, at yeah. least not acceptable, like, whatever. You want to do put out a bad game. You can put out a bad game. That's acceptable, whatever. But in terms of if you want us to care about it, not acceptable. Uh, so I, I think you're right that they... They seem to be saying the right stuff about Starfield. They always kind of say the right stuff, which is the one thing about that interview. And Phil said it over and over during that interview, very mindful of this, that his words can only go so far. We need to get our hands exactly. on the controller. That's where we're at with Starfield, it's where we're at with all of these games. Uh, keep saying the right stuff. Sure. But boy, that proof needs to be in that pudding.
2: But see that again. And, and I don't want to belabor on this too much, but that again is where I say. And I think Phil said this a little bit himself, but Maybe it's a thing, and when I talk about kind of, you know, onboarding them in, in, into the overall Xbox org in the sense of, sure, they might remain independent in and everything that you said, but it's almost that you can no longer have that third party mentality. You're now no. a first party, part of the first party publishing team, right? There is an expectation when you get games from a first party, from first party. So Redfall is being judged differently because of that. You can't just go, ah, okay, we screwed up. We'll move on to the next thing. In my opinion, Redfall has done more harm to the brand of Xbox than it ever would to what Bethesda previously was. And I think that is the problem. I I, I said this shout out to Khalif when I was on Spawn on me, I said this, you could have delayed Redfall to let's say summer 2024. And it was exact same game that we just got. It was a 58, whatever the score is right now. But you had Starfield, Hellblade, Forza avowed as examples. In that interim, and they're all quality. Nobody would care. I think the bigger Great. issue is this being the first salvo into your seventy-dollar games first your 70 first game next yep. next yep. gen only experience. There is an expectation, and that's where I think it does more harm to the overall Xbox brand than anything.
1: And talking about, of course, great games, Jeff Grubb, that's why I want to kind of move this conversation into, of course, Xbox does need great games. There's no question about that. And we've had a rocky couple of years since the start of the Xbox Series X Generations, this next-gen console launch, had a solid first year. And then... Quiet two years here, if we're being realistic. Do you still have faith that Xbox can deliver great games as we start to look down the pipeline of a Forza Motorsport that still not dated? We look at Starfield that's dated with after a year delay and onward of question marks. Do you think and still have the faith that they can deliver great games?
3: I mean, all the pieces are there, right? I think uh, they have the capacity. I mean, that that rumor that I don't know if I, I, I believe that, like, id Software coming in to help re- with the shooting on Starfield. Maybe it's true. Maybe it's not. I have zero idea. Uh, that, yeah, that sounds good to me that you have those pieces, make those things sing together. Uh, all that stuff is there. I think the question comes down to do they have the vision of leadership over these studios that is facilitating and encouraging those sorts of collaborations or unlocking them. However, however, and I'm sure that's a complicated thing. I'm sure it's difficult. I know getting people together to record a video about about playing video games is is t- difficult to schedule. So getting a whole like these two teams to work together that's got to take a lot. But it's worth it. These are big bets you're making, and you got the, some of these bets got to begin paying begin paying off. I think they have the pieces. Do they have the vision i the thing the things i hear from in, in, internally is most people feel that there is a lack of, of vision from the team from the people that are supposed to be overseeing that stuff the people that are going to the studios every day and and it, so it's hard to be like well they, they don't they aren't giving me like the uh, urgency to go and and help with this stuff i'm not going to take the initiative myself this is a big byzantine you know corporate structure go, going through these barriers is not super easy so I think we go back to re- revisiting those processes. I, I hope that's what's happening. I think some of these games are going to hit. I, right now, today, I still have faith that Starfield is going to be good because of what Phil Spencer said. If that game comes out and it is disappointing, uh, whatever that means, if it's disappointing when it comes out. I'm gonna I'm gonna begin losing a lot of faith. I think I think Redfall. I, I buy the story that they saw Redfall early on and they weren't thrilled about it and they never really got hands on and tried to, to try to help that project. Something that Phil admitted and took responsibility for. Good. Starfield. He says we've done the exact opposite. Okay, what does that look like? It it better look good. Yeah. Agreed on that one,
1: Jeff Grubb. And yeah, you talk about bringing in a new team with Bethesda and how does that work eternally and who is overseeing all this with the vision and also with the right kind of pedigree of leadership to say, hey, this isn't good. We need to elevate that. Are you worried now of looking at Activision, Blizzard King, of adding in a whole nother team? Is that too much for this leadership team currently? Is that just going to add more of these mid-tier games or mismanagement that can't lead all three of these teams together? Do you think this will help it in any way, shape or form?
3: I I think that it's a a potential problem, uh, at least the way that they do things right now. I think if I think of active and it shouldn't work this way, but if it works to the point where uh, Activision Blizzard is sort of just kind of going business as usual, and then to unlock all that stuff that we talked about early in the, the early days of the acquisition of Phil Spencer doing interviews, he's like, here's a list of all these Activision games I would love to bring back. Uh, if any of that stuff's going to happen, it I think will require someone from Microsoft gaming coming down and, and, and saying, Hey, all right, let's actually make that stuff happen. If that person is Matt Booty, someone who is clearly already stretched as thin as possible, I don't, yeah, that's a problem. You need to have another structure in place. There needs to be yeah, more right. happening, and there's so there, there's so much between uh, like Matt Booty and actually making that happen, and I think it requires a lot of rethinking of their processes. I, I don't know if it's it's a realistic thing.
1: Paris, do you think bringing on a third team is going to be too much for this team, or do you think they're figuring it out right now with Bethesda and will have the vision once that time has come
2: no I'm, I'm i'm with with Jeff on that. It sounds like there would need to be an additional pillar there that would i don't know parallel with matt booty or yeah, booty, but there would need to be somebody else that that's helping to manage that because now we're talking 30 plus studios mm-hmm. at that point so that's a lot i it, what is playstation at i don't even know how many how many studios playstation uh, had. high
3: teens yeah yeah, yeah. Like so, that, yeah. I mean. so it seems like
2: four i want to say yeah double what they're doing and i know it, i'm i apologize technical issues with my camera for those that are watching the video i don't know what the heck is going on but um yeah, it, it would definitely require some more oversight at the leadership level for sure. And and I think, again, that's one thing that I think about just even at Phil Spencer's level. Phil had to come on. Phil needed to take the heat for what happened because he's the leader. He, he's the head of everything. I totally get that. But it goes back to the fact that At his level, he's not in the weeds of seeing all that. That's not his job to do the day-to-day. There's other people that should be doing that day-to-day work to make sure that these games are on time from a project management standpoint and being delivered quality. And if they're not, now that's where obviously a Phil would need to come in and make the decision if we're going to delay something. But those are the things that need to happen. And if now we're talking 30-plus studios, wow, I, I can't even imagine you know, what? How, how that is on a daily basis. It, real, it will require more, more people, excuse me, to be involved.
1: Now, of course, we talk about this acquisition as if it is going through, it is not set in stone yet. Jeff, I want to get a temperature check on your side, because of course, when we brought on Phil, CMA had just recently blocked the Activision uh, acquisition. Of course, on the opposite side, the EU has just approved it, earlier in the week as of recording this. And so, Jeff, we see back and forth, of course, the FTC here in America. We look at the CMA all causing problems. We've had some approvals from different countries around the globe. Where do you fall right now? Can Xbox actually pull this off from your thoughts and information? Or do you think this could become maybe even longer in the process or possibly blocked altogether?
3: Yeah, I. Um, there's always a the chance that it, it, the 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 road gets too rough. And they and they abandon it. Of course, that's always on the table. They they can always pull the plug at a certain point. The 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 sunk cost fallacy becomes too stark, and they abandon it. I think though, right now, that the way that they talk about it, the way that they're so aggressive about it, uh, the way that they make every every week there's new news about how they are trying to position themselves to be the most uh, the, the, the most in the good graces of regulators. Um, I think that the likely scenario here is after the EU approval, uh, the FTC will go through with what it's doing. The FTC is definitely trying to run out the clock. They're definitely trying to get Microsoft to abandon it because they are very unlikely to win their argument based on the merits because uh, the United States' rules about these things are very lax, especially compared to Europe. And if Europe approved it, there's just not a lot of chance that Lena Khan's going to be able to get that that, that that court case to actually come in her favor. Uh, even if it does, it, there's still stuff that Microsoft could do to, to push it through there. So I think the likely scenario, and if this is something I would not have thought was likely early on, is they probably do lose in the UK. They push the deal forward anyhow, and they just work around the UK. And everyone else in Europe and the United States and North America and the rest of the world gets a lot of benefits because of all the stuff that Game Pass is going to unlock for Activision games and, and Blizzard games and and King stuff and the UK is going to have to look around and be like, "Oh, okay, well we don't get Call of Duty in Game Pass. That kind of stinks actually." Well, uh, uh, yeah, what can we do? That's the this is how it is, and we're going to work around you. And that's that's wild,
2: but I think it's actually pretty likely at this point.
1: Harris, yeah. that is a wild one. Do you agree with that? Yeah, what do you yeah. think of
2: that? Yeah, I'm 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 with Jeff on that because I think I think I just saw this morning that China approved it as well. I think I think I saw that, but I could be that right They were but, definitely in line to do it. Yeah, but, but the but the point is of of what Jeff is saying is if it just comes down to the UK being the outlier that has not approved this because again, you know I hate talking about this, but you know if the FTC looks like it looks like it's going to go through, it's what I'm trying to say. So if it goes through everywhere else in the world except the UK, that I highly doubt that's going to be the blocker to stop a $70 billion deal to Jeff's point, they'll just work around it. Yep. So I, I think ultimately that that's what what happens here in, the, in this scenario, I think with them getting the EU to approve it, the FTC with just the way our legal system worked with the courts and everything, it looks like the FTC won't have a leg to stand on to block it, it's going to go through. So We'll obviously see how long that takes, and then I guess we'll get the advantages of having these games at Game Pass. So
1: okay. <laughs> yep, it'll be will nice. wait for more games to come. But yeah, that's what I want to talk about is some great games on the way because we got Jeff Grubb. Summer's in the air, and it's time to start talking about some positive things coming to your Xbox console. But we're going to talk about great games right after a word from our sponsor.
0: Shout out to RTX for sponsoring this episode. If you're looking to spend an amazing summer weekend in Austin, Texas, the RTX convention is the perfect excuse. RTX is a gaming, comedy, animation, and podcast festival that Rooster Teeth is throwing in Austin, Texas at the convention center from July 7th through 9th. And rumor has it a couple kind of funny people whose names may or may not rhyme with Motrike, Like and Loey Moel are planning to head down to party as well. RTX has so much to offer over the three days with activities like a free paranormal-themed escape room, Achievement Hunter, mini-golf, VTubing with Ruby characters, and over a dozen live shows with guests like Dungeons and & Daddies and Therapy Gecko. There are also evening events each night, from parties to a comedy showcase, an evening rave, and everything in between that can be found in Austin. Buying ultra and platinum badges will get you the highest perks, but there's also a solid deal right now where people that purchase weekly and daily badges get another badge for 50% off. Go to rtxaustin.com to select badges and to find additional information. Don't miss out on one of the biggest parties in Austin this summer. Shout out to Rocket Money for sponsoring this episode. We all love gobbling up content and we have an understanding of what subscriptions we use, or do we? Do you know how much your subscriptions? Really cost? Most Americans think that they spend around $80 a month on subscriptions when the actual total is closer to 200 plus. You could be wasting hundreds of dollars each and every month on subscriptions that you don't even know about. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions. It monitors spending and it helps you lower your bills all in one place. Rocket Money has saved some of us here at Kind of Funny a ton of money, and it can help you too. Rocket Money also helps you manage all your finance in one place and automatically can help you categorize your expenses so you can easily track your budget in real time. So stop throwing your money away. You can cancel unwanted subscriptions and manage your expenses the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash kind of funny. That's rocketmoney.com slash kind of funny. Rocketmoney.com slash kind of funny.
1: All right, everybody, welcome back. Let's talk about great games on the way because we've had a new Xbox Game Pass update, of course, for the second half of May. We have Planet of Lana right around the corner for all of you to jump into. We look forward to Forza. We look forward to Starfield. But I want to talk about what great games are you excited for, Jeff Grubb? Because, of course, yes, people know you as an industry insider, but you're just the gamer that you are. What games have you been playing lately? What are you excited for on the Xbox side that players should know about?
3: Yeah, I'm uh, it's really for the Xbox it is kind of all eyes to Starfield right now, but I'm 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 hopeful about all the stuff that they have. Really it's it's Starfield in the sh- in their showcase. Uh, I want to see them make big promises and then and then catch us up on the previous promises. You know, I want I want to see perfect dark. I want to see a Vowed. who who knows what shows up at that showcase. Uh, I think the things that are m- the next big game that's like most likely to come out out of the ones that don't have a release date or haven't been discussed in those terms. Is probably Hellblade 2, and I'm like, I I, I want to see if Hellblade 2 could turn into a game that I'm curious about. I'm someone who was like bounced off of Hellblade 1, but the Hellblade 2, the stuff that they've shown off so far has been so sort of spectacular that I'm like, ah, I'm curious about it at the very least. Uh, but 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 yeah, really. I'm a, I'm a huge Skyrim fan. I spent, you know, a thousand hours in that game. I played a ton of Oblivion. I love I love Fallout 3. I love Fallout 4. Even though all my friends make fun of me for loving Fallout 4, I love Fallout 4. <laughs> give, give, me, give me more of that. Yeah, it's a good game. And so, all right, so Starfield, what, like, that's going to be one of those games in space, and they are promising all these new features, and they have this this new engine that's, uh, or many improvements to, to an existing engine, whatever, how they want to phrase it. I need to see that game. That is, I really want that to be as special to me as a Skyrim. That would be incredible.
1: I like that a lot, Jeff. And that's one of me and Paris's both most anticipated games. Of course, we look forward to more. I want to learn more about avalanche studios and project contraband right i want to know what's up with contraband i'm excited about that i love what that studio has made right you think of mad max (laughs) you think of the just cause series those are some of my favorite games and the idea of a multiplayer situation where we're working to put together heists there's going to be some vehicle stuff going on that game has me interested but of course just like xbox does they tease me with these games tell me absolutely nothing and then ask me to wait and sit on my hands for months years years at a time and I have no idea what this is right and my worry is you know we go to the worst case scenario ever wild right if like I saw that once I got excited and then they never told me anything about it again I know this is a third party group they're working with but like I want to know more about this partnership and will we get those details at summer games showcase right there's so many question marks from not only this but fable of course perfect dark where does that fall with now yep. crystal dynamics doing their own tomb raider as well where does that go in the timeline of everything they're working on and what is the initiative doing with this team and also jeff grubb what's up with halo you know what i mean yeah. jeff? give me a quick temp check on your halo infinite gameplay right have you fallen off like the rest of us are you still holding on hope with of course forge and the custom browser list or will we see project tatanka this
3: summer yeah, I, I think the Tanka is actually one of those ones that probably will show up at the showcase. I I hope it does kind of uh, have a chance to, you know, you're not you're never going to wipe the slate clean with Halo, but a chance to reset everyone's emotions regarding, uh, regarding the franchise, which, you know, those things run really hot, really cold. And uh, for me, Halo Infinite was a game that I adored. I loved playing Halo Infinite. and But I also had a relationship where it was like, Halo was never fully my franchise. And so it was cool to get in here and really enjoy Halo Infinite. They they nailed it. They did, They made a game that, that they needed to make to get me on board, and then uh, I... W- but I didn't need that endless content, and then I was surrounded by people who did need that to continue to care about it, and as they... As their feelings spoiled on it, it's like, well, I'm not even going to bring up the idea of playing Halo with them. They're just going to be bummed out, and I don't want to be surrounded by that those feelings. So it was like... Uh, I, I you know as that happens, so this is a social activity gaming that gets to you so kind of Halo lo- got lowered in in its estimate, or in my estimation of it. And so, um, I know that people have begun coming back around to it after the Forge updates and stuff like that, but it's been very hard to get back in there myself. so i I do wonder if they used to talk as a, as a chance to sort of just get everyone to think about something else and let Halo Infinite sort of just continue to slowly rise in the background which is probably the right move
1: do you believe that project tatanka is a battle royale jeff grubb from maybe things you've heard before of course all the articles we've seen from jez gordon over at Wis- Windows window central do you believe this is a battle royale or is it going to be something more as like you said maybe halo infinite needs a shot in the arm. the franchise needs a big pick-me-up truly and honestly from the fans is a battle royale enough is it going to be that or is it more do you think
3: I think that it's it's likely a battle royale at least to start. I think that there is a chance that they kind of go uh, uh, try to make it something like a platform. A sort, you know how Apex Legends is continue continue to add new modes and stuff over time. I think they could go in that direction where like this is going to be the playground where we can experiment with stuff. The big thing is like this is going to be Unreal Engine. And that means that you can maybe experiment a little bit faster and and try stuff a little bit different, different more frequently. And I I think that maybe opens them up to doing more. But I think out of the gate you establish kind of a big map that maybe is is, is taken from or inspired or exactly kind of like the map from Infinite. Uh, you let people roam in there together with hundreds of hundreds of players or a hundred players plus, and let them get used to this idea of all right, this is another way that Halo can be. And then from there, let's grow it and see what else we can try. But I think overall, that would be mimicking the Fortnite style of doing things is not a bad idea at all. Not a bad idea. We have talked about chasing trends and how sometimes that can
1: be bad for gamers and developers of like, hey, you don't have to chase the Destiny 2 trend. We've been there, done that. Definitely not. Do something new. But it has proven that, you know, in the first-person shooter space, not a bad idea to chase some trends. But I am interested to see what this is jeff right because halo infinite to me needs a shot in the arm it is there's a dedicated player base there's players that are falling off like myself who love halo but have not gotten enough out of that studio at 343 content wise to really want to go back all the time and play the same map so i'm looking forward to seeing what this team can show and i think this summer they got to do it right as opposed to paris gears Right? Where does gear stand in this mix of all things from the coalition? Do they have the good grace of the players where they have a couple more years, or do they need to see some gears this year or maybe next?
2: Oh, I am having the worst technical issues of all time. So I, 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 I missed half of your question. I heard you asking me about gears.
1: Uh huh. Do you think we'll see gears this summer, Paris? Anything? Gears I
2: I, you like? I I don't. I don't. And I and I do, I'll I'll answer that and circle back to the Halo thing because I want to make one comment about that. I don't think so because I don't think you need it. I think that's something you can hold off because realistically, we're not getting Gear Six for a while. Nope. We, we lost him.
1: We've lost him right there. But Jeff, I'll tell you this on the gear side of things, I don't need Gear Six. Oh.
2: Did you lose me again?
1: Yeah, yeah we,
3: we, just we lost you, but you, you froze now for a second. That we lost you a little bit, but we, we we're continuing. Yeah, gears. It seems <laughs> Man,
2: unlikely. I apologize for all these issues. <laughs> I don't know what the heck is going on. Um, but no, I was just saying. I don't think you need it this year. Um, I think you can hold it off to next year or the year after because Gear Six is going to be a, a ways away. So there's enough that they need. There's enough things that they need to show at this one that let's not take time away from that trying to show me gears. But going to the Halo point, to me. Make that the one more thing. Make that the one more thing and use it as a sign of confidence in Halo. Yeah, that, look, like that Look at this new thing that we're doing with Halo with certain affinity, because I do think it's evolved beyond just a battle royale at this point. So you show that as the one more thing coming in 2024, whenever it's going to happen and use it as a thing of this is how we're going to get everyone back and excited about Halo again that's what i would personally do if if Uh i were in marketing (laughs) i
1: I like that paris i was gonna say on the gear side of things i might not need the big full-fledged gears but i'll tell you if you gave me another situation like a gears hive busters where it's just a smaller slice Mm -hmm. of something fun like that i think the community would really pop and that would be really fun to get involved in that and of course see what the coalition is showing off tech-wise on this next generation of stuff that they're doing with unreal it would be really cool to see and yeah smaller snippets like that halo could use that as well if they could get Give us a shot in the arm of some sort of campaign with Master Chief. That's a smaller size would be great. But I think they're kind of far behind on what they're doing over there with that one. But, Jeff, let's kick it with Summer. What do you expect to see? What are your big list items that you know will be there or you expect to be there here at the Summer Games Fest?
3: Yeah, I I mean, I I think we're kind of getting some early words on some stuff. I mean, obviously, they just announced Mortal Kombat. And I think um, that that's kind of stuff that could show up at any of these showcases. Uh, in terms of like what, what Microsoft's going to bring, uh, I, I think uh, I, I, Contraband feels like one we probably will get an update on. I, th- I think they have, uh, of those announced games, I think at least half of them need need pretty substantial updates. Uh, and, and maybe you got to mention, at least mention all of them. I think there's a chance still that with something like a fable, which definitely is having some development issues, but that don't freak out everybody. Every game has development issues. They got to just figure them out. That's just normal these days. So it's like, but it's like that kind of thing where that, you know, if a team's having problems, maybe you don't want to force them to make an asset for a big commercial. Like just let them keep working on it in the background. So maybe not Fable, um, you know, maybe some other uh, games are in similar situations, but I do want to see, more than I want to see new games, I want to see, promises to to be delivered on. I wanna see them take those games that they've already said are gonna be great and begin proving them uh, as much gameplay as possible. Something I know Phil continues to talk about whenever he gets in one of these interviews, he's like, yeah, we we want gameplay. I don't want that many CG trailers anymore. I think if they do make a new announcement, that's okay if that's a CG trailer, but anything that's been previously announced, we need some real gameplay and it needs to be exciting. It needs to prove itself. In a Pepsi Challenge style way, where it's just all right. It, this tastes sweet out of the bottle. There we go. Yeah, I want more of this, please. Um, I, in in terms of specifics, it's you know, it's a it's a big question. I I think that uh that Wu Tang Clan game I talked about mm-hmm. forever ago. I, I mean, where's that been? I, I that thing's real. Uh, you know, are they still? Is, I guess it was real. Are they still working on it? I think so. It'd be cool if like a lot of those games I've mentioned before began popping up, and I would love to see like that fill out one of the slots in the show. But they're having a big, long conference. They have a lot of opportunity to talk about a lot of stuff. I I hope that they bring the fire. I really do, because I, I think that they have a chance to really reset a lot of the tone about Xbox coming out of this. And if they don't, it's like, man, that's a lot of a lot, even more pressure on Starfield. Not that Starfield doesn't. It's going to have all the pressure no matter what.
1: Paris, how do you feel about that? Because, yeah, you brought up a big list to fill during our interview. Do you think, just like Jeff, will we need to see a fair amount of those or at least half?
2: Yeah, my thing is, sorry, technical issues again, but my thing is delivering on those those games, the ones that we've been seeing since 2020 and have not had a lot of updates to, and obviously Phil alluded to, we will get some of those updates at the showcase, but show those games, show us gameplay and deliver on them. Um, even if you can't give a specific release date on some of these things, as you know, to the point, point AAA game developments, complicated things happen, kind of at least give us a range, of when to expect some of these things. So let's just take a vowed as an example. I don't need to know the exact day of vowed's coming out, but show me a vowed and say, I don't know, spring 2024. At least that gives me a range of when to expect. Or you don't even have to say spring, just say 2024. So at least I know, hey, this is something I can expect next year. I think that's wh- where we need to get with this is start just letting us know because there's so many games that we already know about let's see what in exile is working on let's see what compulsion games is working on you know that's what i want to come out of this showcase um again going back to starfield and right wrong and different there is pressure on that game now 100 percent, there is so whatever this starfield direct is going to be i want to come out of that i since i will be there in person you know watching that at, at you know at the la fan fest I want to walk out of there with a smile on my face going, man, Absolutely. I can't wait for Starfield. This looks amazing. That's what I want to be saying. I don't want to walk out of that going, eh, well, I don't know the combat. You know, I, I don't want to have that hesitation. I want to be excited about it. Because again, I'm going to bring up the competition for just a second with PlayStation. I, haven't, I, I already know I will be excited about St- Spider-Man 2. And and that goes to the pedigree of what Insomniac has done, what those previous games have done. That's where Xbox needs to get to with their games, where I just assume, right, for as much crap as people gave me about Cyberpunk 2077 and the way that game launched, I had faith going into it. Because of the track record CD project, we had a Witcher 3, right? So I went on that faith that I know the next game is going to be great. That's what I want to start seeing from Xbox Game Studios. That's what I want to see come out of this showcase where now I can be excited for Perfect Dark, Fable, you know, on down the line where I know these games are going to be great. So it's it starts in June. Th- this is a starting point for that. They They have to start delivering on that. So I personally think they will i want to be clear on that but to what phil spencer said himself until we have a controller in our hands yep don't believe anything i say
1: let's talk about some fun stuff guys as we start to ramp down the episode while we were gone gq released and a nice article about the 100 best video games of all time of course paris you were part of that blessing and i believe andy here kind of funny were part of that as well jeff grubb were you a part of the mix putting in your top 100 games
3: i was indeed yes all right
1: let's talk about that can you guys i was not i was not but i'll tell you my top 100 games halo 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 (laughs) halo and halo it's it's Uh, hot fire yeah it's just hot fire (laughs) no no i'm not important enough like that but let's talk about the process before we go into the top 100 guys because of course i want to talk about the top 100 i want to know some of your honorable mentions that you guys might have put in then we'll talk about the top 10 that was released on this article but what was the process like did you guys have to present a hundred of your favorite video games did you have to rank them in order what was that like jeff grub for you to put that in
3: yeah, it was uh, he he reached out and he asked for our top 10 games and I oh. just so happened to uh, recently like in the weeks before I ran a stream on my Twitch channel where I did my top 100 games. Sweet. So I just I just handed over that list. Now, had I been thinking like just about a top 10 for someone else that's going to get mixed in with the voting, I probably mm-hmm. would have d- done different games, but also I'm lazy so no I just I just handed over the the 10 games from my list and it was yeah, it worked out fine but it's like I, I, my i'll tell you my my number one was yeah. the number one on there so i'm like i can't complain everything uh-huh. else is fine
1: i yeah, like that okay good. paris did you have the same feeling you of course probably provided your top 10 just like jeff did and were you pleased with what your spot your spots were
2: yeah yeah i mean i felt good about because i i did it from my own personal top 10 not what i thought the, the consensus would be of a top 10. So some of my games showed up in there, some didn't, but I, I was fine with it. I, I think for the most part, because I, I shared my top 10 on the list, most people seem to, you know, agree with that. These are, you know, some pretty strong titles and, and it made sense in just the overall scope of the top 100. I, I will say my number one forever will be Super Mario Bros. 3. It's just that that's my game. That That's the game. That just locked me in, and I forget where it. I think it was in the top ten. I think it was. I can't remember I think now.
3: So I'm gonna I'm yeah. look it up right now. Yeah. But
2: um, but yeah, that that was my number one for sure. Um, I I guess I'll I'll just say I have an honorable mention that almost made my top ten. Oh, that I, I like it, that. Won't be on a lot of people's list. Mega okay. Man Two. Mega Man Two was it's probably eleven or twelve for me up up in there somewhere. But that's another game. Like my top ten was based on the games that had memorable moments that have stayed with me over the years. And okay. that that made up that list for me. And like I said, Mega Man 2 would probably be just outside that top 10 as another one that did that.
1: Yes, it's an interesting one, right? Jeff, you can maybe help me out with this. Where do you fall when someone asks for your top 10? Is it yours that you love the most? Is it the, oh, what I think everyone and their mama loves? Where do you fall on that, Jeff, when somebody asks you about that? Or when it comes down to your game of the year, do you look at it as the best product of the year or the games that stuck out to you at the end of the year, Jeff?
3: yeah it's it's going to depend on the, like the context of like what we are saying as we are deciding what the the final product that we're going to present to people is going to look like again like this is this GQ one where I'm like it's a it's a popular vote essentially and it's weighted mm-hmm. by where, where you put in the top 10 mm-hmm. like for I put uh, eco ECO which is one of my favorite games of all time no one knows what it is not, it's not a, the dolphin not the dolphin. No, not the no, Not Echo the, the dolphin. dolphin. Echo. It's a <laughs> it's an educational game uh, where it's basically a Minecraft with a bunch of systems where uh, it like tracks your pollution levels and there's an asteroid that's coming oh. to, hit, to hit you and everyone has to work together with their own specialities to create the stuff to stop the asteroid from hitting the the Earth and hitting the planet, and destroying everything. It's it's really cool, but it's obscure. It's an education game. Most people haven't played it. I would not if I was trying to like actually have an influence on a list. I would not like burn a spot on something like that. Now for my right, personal right. list. I would definitely, yeah, that is that is one of my favorite games of all time. Uh, but it's like if I'm trying to like have an influence on the best games of all time, I probably would have put something else in there. Um, in general, like when we go to do game of the year, though, like, like Giant Bomb, it's we are making a statement about what is representative of this staff. And therefore, there are going to be some concessions, but mostly it's going to be the things that spoke to us the most. Uh, and then if I put out my own personal top 10, it's like anything goes, no rules, just whatever I'm feeling in the moment.
1: I love that. Yeah, I'm all about just what's my personal top 10. Let's have some fun with it. Let's check out the GQ top 100 greatest games of all time. I'm going to go through the top 10 is what I want to talk about with you guys. And then we're going to get some honorable mentions, maybe some that dropped lower than you thought they would or some that stuck out to you. But (laughs) I got one. (laughs) At number 10, Half-Life 2. Shout out to Half-Life 2. At number 9, Dark Souls number 1. Number 8, Portal 2. Number 7, Metal Gear Solid. Number six, Mass Effect 2. Number five, The Witcher 3 Wild Hunt. Number four, Bloodborne. Number three, Tetris. Number two, The Last of Us. And number one, Zelda Breath of the Wild. Paris, I'll kick it off with you. This top 10 from GQ. What do you think?
2: I mean, it's pretty solid. I I can't complain. I was actually surprised that both Portal games made it into the top 10. I had Portal 2 in in my top 10 as an example. Um, I had... Which are three in my top ten? I had Mass Effect two in my top ten. So,
3: yeah, so thinking, you might be Dark thinking Half Life two.
2: Oh, Dark Souls. Did you mean yes, Dark Souls? Because
1: there's a From Soft. There's Dark Souls yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, Bloodborne. Bloodborne. Both in the top yes. 10. Those yes. Are
2: two. Yeah. But um, but yeah. As far as a surprise goes, like I, I saw Super Mario three was all the way down at thirty six. I definitely thought that would be higher. <laughs> Not necessarily in the top ten, but I thought it would have been higher. Than Boomers, that. Paris. The, yeah, kids don't, I, the kids don't understand us Y'all anymore.
1: got Tetris in here. Don't worry. You yeah. got
2: Tetris in there. Oh, my God. There. Oh, was I? Oh, okay. My my apologies. I was looking at the list. I thought it said that Portal was in the top 10 as well. But no, I, I get your point now. Yes. But but yeah, I mean, you know, for, for what you just ran down, yeah, not not too surprising at all. It seems pretty solid to me. I, I Honestly, I couldn't complain about anything that was in that top 10.
3: How okay. many of the games in your top 10 are in this top 10? Because only one of mine is, and it is number one.
2: Can you can you pull that top ten back up one more time, and then I will I will tell you. Yeah, because it's uh I I, I was
3: I, I had my personal one and uh, let me see here let me see if I can I, I thought I had it right over here I had my top ten was uh, Breath of the Wild number one the Metroid Prime Eco, Zelda Link's Awakening Hitman World of Assassination yeah. oh. uh, Zelda Link Between Worlds Mario Odyssey uh, NBA Street Volume Two Super Mario Galaxy Two and Hades. And Titanfall two at eleven, which I could have, I would have put that up there instead of Eco if I was trying to manipulate the list a little bit more. Yeah, um, yeah,
2: yeah. I'll i just say my top ten re- re- really quick. Down yeah, the list, please, don't hear um, it. starting at ten, I had Portal two at ten. I had Bioshock at nine. I had Skyrim at eight. I had The Last of Us at seven. And then, oh wait, did I screw this up? Why do I? Have, I'm looking at the one I emailed them, and then oh, and then I changed it. <laughs> and, then I had, and then I had Super Mario, I had Super Mario World at six, and then I had Galaxy at five, then the Witcher 3 Wild Hunt, Legend of Zelda, Ocarina of Time, mm-hmm. Mass Effect 2, Super Mario 3.
3: Well, oh, so you see a, a handful. You had like three yeah. year in there, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. You
2: guys,
1: you guys have some solid lists. Huh. One big one that points out to me, and Ben, I think you might see this as well. Interesting, both of you and this list no Grand Theft Auto in the top 10 here very surprising to me after all of the sales the cultural impact of what grand theft auto the series and the franchise has had not in the top 10. jeff why do you think
3: that I think it's a combination of factors i think that um uh, red dead redemption is the more prestige one so it's easier to go with that and i think that for a lot of people grand theft auto feels like the normie pick and when you're voting and stuff, you kind of want to be a little bit novel. You want to be... Interesting. I have cool picks. Everyone's going to pick Grand Theft Auto, and then it turns out everyone's thinking that same same way, so they don't <laughs> put Grand Theft Auto in there. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Baird has brought it up. Grand Theft Auto 5, sitting at... Uh, what is that, Baird? 48 right there? 48. 48. And of course... Red Dead um, from, of course, Rockstar is at 15, Red Dead Redemption 2. So surprising to me that a Rockstar title did not make the top 10. I thought for sure Grand Theft Auto or Red Dead, as you brought up, Jeff, would be gracing that top 10. But that's a standout to me. I see Disco Elysium at number 12. That's very interesting. I like that poll. I know a lot of people talk about that on the critical side. I want to know how big that is. Globally and worldwide, no, yeah, you know, it's definitely a critic,
3: critical darling. It's a mm-hmm. a favorite of critics and people who are very. It's like a very popular PC RPG, but it's not. Um, and I know it's on consoles now, but it, but yeah, you know, it's not Grand Theft Auto. That's for sure. Yeah
1: of course on the xbox side shout out halo combat evolved getting in at 21 so you get some xbox love there in the you know we'll call it the top 20s right there kind of gracing the list that's nice yeah i'm being i'm being generous bear with 21 out of the top 20 we we need a win here we need a win uh paris any standouts for you And we went through the G T list, and uh, something I was saying is that these are the top 100 games ever. Do you know how many games there are that exist on this planet? Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot. Too many. So uh, the fact that like any games that you love are on here, you
3: know, um, I think is like, a, a cool thing. like right. They have to be in a significant number of people's top 10 games of all time to get anywhere on this list. Yeah. So and that's good.
2: Way too many
1: games.
3: Yeah, I, I was, like, very happy to see Hitman World of Assassination on there as at 89, like, one. being on there at all. And uh, Return of the Obra Dinn, one that I'm like, actually, I probably should have put that higher, 97. And it's like, oh, I think a lot of people are going to read this list. They're going to get, I'll start from the top. And like, oh, I guess I heard it Ancient Empires. Uh, Res. I guess maybe I don't know that. It, Return of the Obra Den, what is this monochromatic bullshit? <laughs> it's like, <laughs> no, that's actually one of the best games of all time. I'm really glad that mm-hmm. a game like that is going to pop immediately at people. And, like, maybe they'll go check it out because it deserves it.
2: You know what's the most surprising to me is actually 100, Knights of the Old Republic. I I, I was surprised it was that low. I thought it would have been probably in, in the top 30 somewhere. At least it would be for me.
3: I think it's uh, the the popular reassessment of, like, the combat a lot of people complain about. I don't think there's any problems. I think it's still one of the best games ever, but...
2: Yeah, and yeah. And, and that's funny. I was, I was having a conversation with some friends uh, the other day, kind of talking... Because we were talking about remakes and remasters, when to do them and when not to do them. And a friend of mine made a great point that you for games like that came out in the 90s or the early 2000s, it, it definitely makes sense to remake those games for a modern audience, because you're gonna go back and play, if you go back and play them in the state, when we played them, we thought they were amazing, but you go play them now, you're like, oh, this is horrible, this mechanic here, this is there, but at that time, they were amazing for what they were. I definitely. think a great, two great examples of that is, go back and play GoldenEye now, which we can actually do, you know, on Xbox, mm-hmm. does not hold up, but in, in, in that moment, it was amazing absolutely or go back and play super mario 64. at that time i thought that was so revolutionary but it right, doesn't you necessarily matter
3: you. <laughs> you better watch your damn mouth yeah uh- oh my
1: god another big one of course people will look in circle fortnite at 81 of course fortnite as barrett well so well put like that's a big number to get into but fortnite on the list but surprising fortnite 81 right i think there's a case to be made now in today's gamer age right how important and influential fortnite is multiplayer games struggle on these things yeah exactly exactly, right
3: multiplayer games like i mean Street Fighter 2 is pretty high, but there's like, you know, okay. The, the, we're like Starcraft, is StarCraft 2 even on here? Like Star- no, it's not.
1: I have not seen StarCraft.
3: Yeah, that's uh, right. That's one. Or StarCraft, or the original one, either. Either one would have been like, okay, I probably should have been on there. And th- those kinds of games just kind of are going to get a little bit... Uh, of, the, of the shaft on the list like this uh, is there yeah. is there anything on the list you guys that uh, you think is ah, that shouldn't be on there i'm like shin at 84 get the hell out of here <laughs> with that nonsense <laughs> <laughs> yeah. what are you smoking
1: is there anything weird to me that shouldn't be on the list uh you know what i've been pretty pleased with seeing the list it is interesting Barrett. you asked me like mike were you invited onto this and barrett and i think a lot of the kind of funny audience and jeff you said so well with giant bomb of like all of our voices come together and you get to see the highlight of this incredible cast and what everybody's different personalities and games like, right? Like if you ask me for my top 10, it is going to actually be very multiplayer centric, right? I am known here at kind of funny for more of the multiplayer guy. So I would be adding a lot more multiplayer center games to the list for me. So I'm actually very different from what you see here with a lot of single player focused games for sure.
2: Definitely. Oh, I, I have one. Okay. Oh Yeah, here it is. Any Metal Gear Solid game except the first one.
3: Oh wow! Okay. Oh, I think we, we were doing a hot <laughs> take. I'm, I'm, that's a very okay. hot take. All
1: right. <laughs>
2: okay. <laughs> no, and, and, and it's just a running joke. Like I even tweeted that a couple when the rumors about the three coming, you know, uh, you know, uh, Metal Gear Solid three, the remake coming out, I'd said that on Twitter, and everybody got mad at me because I have a personal issue with like I love Metal Gear Solid the first one. But what the, the, the okey-doke they did in two, I was so mad. The oh, hold on to that. Hell yeah, that. I love that. Because <laughs> I kept <laughs> waiting. I go, okay, we're, we're going we're gonna to play a snake again. That, that's, wait, wait, the credits just rolled. Did, what? And I've never forgiven Kojima ever since. I don't blame and you. Just, have you played? No, I have not. Because I'm de- I am, I am dead serious when I say I was so mad after two, I've never played a Metal Gear game since. And I know I need to play it. Yes, oh, yes, yeah. I it's will. Real. I hundred percent totally will again.
1: Oh, Jeff, you think it's real? This is for oh, real, definitely. for real.
2: Oh, it's oh, real. Yeah, there's That's there's really so, so much smoke. I, there, there, it's real. It's real. So I'm just trying not to overhype myself. Sure. This, sure. Whether or not it's real, like this again, that it's yeah. Stuff.
3: I, really, I like that one. Game hit for I, me hard. I,
1: yeah, I like this one. Uh, this one, seeing it on the list, I was like, "Oh, nice job! Like, that's a good game right there." I like that.
3: Yep, I'm with you. I, I uh, that that game completely <coughs> worked on me as intended, where it was like, "You are supposed to begin going down these these red herring, wrong paths of thinking of there is something mystical or magical or, or supernatural happening here." and then the mundanity of what is actually going on and having to have that realization of there are just real human people having real human issues and it's it's ugly and it's sad and the game does such a good job of putting of like putting you in one mindset and then the stark contrast of what's really going on is so effective, so powerful that I, it's really stuck with me. Also, I apologize. I haven't talked too much on this episode, but my mic has been muted this entire fucking No! Episode. Hell yeah! fucking <laughs> right. go!
1: Oh, I've only talked hey, a couple of times. It's not a big deal. <laughs> it's not a big deal. <laughs> <laughs> That's how that one went. Well, of course. Can you do that, an AI version of Barrett and put the an AI we'll Barrett voice out. in
2: there? <laughs> Let's go. Yeah. That is the
1: GQ <laughs> top 100 greatest games of all time. Go check it out. Of course, in the comments down below, let's get you activated, XCast fans out there. Give us your top tens. Give us the games if you look at the list that stuck out to you and you say, "Say what." Why is that on the list or why is that not on the list? But let's keep it going because I got a couple smaller pieces of news that I want to talk about with you guys. Mortal Kombat 1 was announced this week. Very exciting. I know the fighting game community is jazzed up for the big three that we know about coming into the space this year, which, is of course, is Mortal Kombat 1 now announced coming in September, uh, September 19th on next-gen consoles and Nintendo Switch. Then also Street Fighter 6 right around the corner June 2nd. And then Tekken 8, we are still waiting on a date for by everything that i can find so i want to get a, a touch on it because i know pairs we learned a valuable lesson about the fighting games and of course xbox fans when it comes to killer instinct too. <laughs> but i want to know what's your thoughts on this big three right now what game are you looking forward to the most and what game you think is really going to shine out of these three
2: for me okay. it's street fighters yeah for me no, it's street wait, sorry. Six. yeah yeah for me it's street fighter six All okay of them, because that's one biggest fan of <laughs> Like, oh, yeah. oh, look, look, you know I'm not going to say Killer Instinct because God forbid if I ever say something about that game again. But uh, <laughs> no, Street Fighter Six for sure. I and maybe it's just because I've I've had some hands-on with with it um already. You know, going back to last year, um, I'm really liking the direction that it's going. I'm not the biggest fighting fan in the world, but I do appreciate them all. And obviously, this Mortal Kombat announcement looks exciting, so I'm I'm definitely interested to see more about that as well. But for for right now, Street Fighter Six.
1: Jeff Grubb, you chimed in with the little Street Fighter Six as well. Is that where you're going?
3: Uh, yeah, I think uh, if I have to like only give one, it is Street Fighter Six. But I think all three games serve different purposes. And yeah. like, I am like ready to engage with them on their own terms. I, I do think Street Fighter Six is going to be the one that I will try to get good at. Right? Like, I I haven't engaged with a fighting game in that way since Street Fighter Two. Uh, like on the Super Nintendo. Like that's when I was like really into fighting games. So I'm ready to. Uh, change that I want to get back into fighting games it, it's time like clearly the, the the tide is rising on this genre and I want to catch the wave like I want to be there with everyone else I don't want to get left behind uh but Mortal Kombat's gonna have that single player campaign the story that is actually so well done that I uh I, like my plan is to go replay because I've only played a little bit of nine so I'm gonna go 9 10, 11 and then I'm gonna be right there ready waiting for one uh, that that kind of reboots that storyline but still definitely is continuing it so like I want to get in on that and then Tekken I think is just a, a, a really it's always been a really Really fun series. Yeah. I've always just really had fun hopping in, enjoying that arcadey style of just beating people up. So I'm I'm ready for all three, but Street Fighter 6 is the one they just really figured some stuff out with that, where everything in that game is just fun to do, so far from what we've played, where even like just going through the menus, they like paid a lot of attention to make sure the UX was satisfying to use. And it's like, mm-hmm. oh, they're doing the attention to detail thing here where every little thing matters. You know they're going to carry that into the gameplay. And so far from what we played, they clearly have.
1: Sweet. I'm actually on the opposite side from you guys. I am a Mortal Kombat guy, so I'm very jazzed up about Mortal Kombat. I will give a lot of props to Street Fighter. It's got me very interested. I like the flashy colors. I like what they're doing with the gameplay and, of course, the world tour, being able to create your avatar and go around. I think it's going to be a ton of fun. And from what we've seen from Blessing sharing his previews, he's jazzed up about it. Uh, But for me, I'm a Mortal Kombat guy. I love that world. I love the gore. I like the intensity and the character roster that you have over there. So I'm really excited for what Ed Boon and the team have have created for us right and it's jazzed up to see that we get a lot of fighting games this year and everybody's going to be having a good time selecting their favorites and playing it so that's pretty dope stuff Paris keeping it moving I got another cool one for you because IGN reports that EA It's going to pay those kids. NCAA football is going down pairs, and they're paying those kids finally, which is really exciting. I'll just take it right from Christina Alexander over on IGN. She writes, uh, EA Sports has announced that the collegiate title, EA Sports College Football, will pay – players for to lend their likeness uh in the game if they opt in to do so according to a report from espn the publisher is collaborating with one team partners a firm that also works with the nfl and mls players association to quote facilitate collegiate athletes' names and likenesses into the game which is set to debut next summer the offer extended to all eligible players within the division one football subdivision paris they did it one step closer to making a good one. What do you think about that?
2: What a world we're in now. Who nope. the heck would have thought this 20 years ago? <laughs> so different we at this point where we're getting NCAA, not only we're we getting NCAA football back, but we're to the point where these, these, these kids are getting paid. They're getting compensated. Their likenesses, you know, is, is being used in these games. I, I, I'm excited for it. Really looking forward to it. This might be the thing to pull me back in. Cause I've, I've been on the sidelines when it comes to, Playing like Madden and things like that on online, but this might be the thing that pulled me back in. Go Knowles,
1: Jeff Grubb. I'm telling you, when you ask me for my top ten NCAA football, is going to be in it. Okay, oh, all that's awesome. NCAA football that. is that game, and I love, of course, the fight songs. I love having slide. So uh, Florida Gators, of okay. course <laughs> Man, Gators, that still
3: like my team parents, yeah, That's my team right there <laughs> I mean,
1: It was like peak Gator Situation with Tim Tebow and me being Like sure. high school through Tebow mania So it was like, oh yeah, this is perfect, I love that But yeah, I've always loved the college Stadiums, right, the idea of what they've done With home field advantage and getting All the places rocking on certain Friday and Saturday nights, like I've loved NCAA football and dynasty Mode, the idea of creating a player in ncaa and then carrying it over to madden was such a cool idea back in the day when they did that so for the kids to get paid to have player likenesses so it's not quarterback 14 anymore (laughs) i love that right and so also little tip right there jeff did you see that they said we'll be out next summer that's pretty exciting stuff right there to me jeff
2: yep
3: i think uh I know they've been working on this that team has been very this is the team that does Madden, it's the team that does golf. Uh, they do one other project I think uh, as as well as this college football game. And what I've heard is they uh, really don't want to do the thing they used to do, which is here's last year's Madden. It's called NCAA football now. Uh yes. they really don't want to do that at least for this first one. I'm like, well, maybe for the first one, it's, that's the one you should do that to make sure it's like all good., uh, but okay, all right, whatever, go for it. That team is spread pretty thin. So I'm like, I'm still worried. but hey, next year next summer, that gives them some time. Let's give them some time and let them s- s- see what they can cook. I will say that the paying the uh, the athletes is good. The number that's been rumored is about five hundred dollars per player. That's not a lot, but it's better than nothing. I exactly. really I, it's so yeah. weird to like try to figure out like what is fair in this situation because yeah. if you are, a up, you know, a, a second string offensive lineman that no one knows. Like your your value on the open market for an NIL contract is, is it's zero. It is so five hundred dollars for you is just awesome. It's got to be awesome. Like that's five hundred dollars you didn't have. Uh, if you are one of the big names, though, I would imagine you're going to have the option to say no and con- negotiate your own oh. contract for the real. And that's going to be. I think a lot of these guys are going to do that and probably get paid a little bit more. Now, EA did say the word equitable. Uh, which I think is code for we're going to give everyone five hundred dollars, take it or leave it. But we'll we'll see what happens. Um, I don't know. I, I just so like the, the, this this podcast has a worldwide audience, and if you think that we're crazy for caring this much about college sports you're right we
0: are <laughs> so,
3: like it's absolutely crazy our, our culture on college sports but I can't help it I grew up in Michigan I'm a huge Wolverines fan oh, so
1: yes I love it that, what it girl. is the big yep. house baby yep, yeah that's right come to the big house that's the exciting part It's like yeah like you said Jeff if that is the true dollar amount of course that is great right the kids get to be in the video game which I'm sure in my generation that was the biggest dream come true right yeah. the idea of you I had one friend who made it into D1 football and we had him he was d d 81 right and we were like oh my god i'm playing as will this is amazing right but the idea of like getting your name and likenesses in the game is a big dream come true i'm sure and yeah i'm sure a lot of players will probably negotiate for larger but at the same time how dope is it going to be maybe their nil deals go for larger sponsorships come out of hey this guy so. over at mid tennessee state is the best player in ncaa football 2024 his deals are going to go through the roof right like all of a sudden social media is going to grab on the kids at some random school and they're going to sign big deals somewhere with cool no absolutely yeah because
2: i mean because you have to think of and he'll probably come out by the time the game is is, is coming out so he won't be in it but think of like a caleb williams at usc um you're paying him (laughs) a lot to be able to use his likeness in the game or he just will refuse and he'll be qb 13 because that's going to be a popular team and a popular player that people are going to want to use in the game. So you think, you think even just last year, like if Bryce Young would have been in it right from Alabama, oh, he would have got paid, you know, as an example. So, so yeah, it's, it's going to be huge. And, and look, and I know this isn't football. Let's say if they didn't NCAA basketball, imagine Bronny. Bronny. Yeah. Oh my God. People like that, they're, they're going to get paid, which is good. These kids should get paid. it's It's a billion dollar business and you know, they get robbed.
3: And one of the things that uh, these uh, what's happened a lot with these NIL deals is uh, there's like one star and they're like they try to spread yeah. the love. They're like, hey, yeah, you, you can get me in there and pay me. Absolutely. Uh, you got to like show, give, spread a little sugar on my teammates here. Exactly. And I think yep, I sweet. think uh, I hope that becomes sort of like an unofficial unionization. You're already on a team. Like, watch out for your teammates, of course. Mm-hmm. And like, I think that's hopefully how it'll play out in a lot of these cases where. Oh yeah, well, my yeah, I'm the am the star QB. I'm a star QB because of my offensive line get them a NIL deals, please. I want yeah. them all on the cover with me. Like that stuff could happen. Yeah. There you go. That's smart. to be
1: exciting stuff. I cannot wait for that next summer. is also very exciting. But I have something that's happening right now, and I'm excited to share that for the end of the show. Xbox Gamers, you have some good news, because announced last week, maybe two weeks now, we took a week off, uh, Seagate Storage Expansion Cards have received a permanent price decrease, which is very, very nice. Of course, one of the biggest complaints on the Xbox side of things when it comes to hardware and just the consoles itself has been that Storage Expansion Card being way too pricey, and all of us waiting for competition, whether it be from different teams creating that, but most importantly, looking at what they offered us with seagate right off the bat it was too expensive people are now pumped up uh i don't i believe the prices go like this 512 is now 89 dollars one terabyte is 149 and two terabytes 279 that is down from 109 199 and 359 359 so still kind of pricey but a positive with it going down jeff grubb i have some bad news okay of course you know me i love swiping the card And before my birthday, before the Phil Spencer interview, I really wanted a storage expansion card. I was like, it's finally time. I'm going to crack. I'm going to buy one. How'd you do it? And the team here was like, Mike, don't buy that. Just ask them to send it to you or wait for it to go on sale. I immediately (laughs) said, no, I need it in my hands now. I proceeded to go to Best Buy. I spent $200 on a (laughs) one terabyte hard drive. And the next day, they announced that it was going down in price. (laughs) What happened? What what happened when you don't listen to us? That's awesome me but i am happy to report that i am in love with the storage expansion card yeah it's it nice is much, huh? it's so much smaller than i ever said i don't know if you guys i think you both have one i'm sure but yeah, this i, is the I cracked mine open
3: one. uh before uh before it even relaunched i uh, liked did a video where i like took oh, it apart and looked inside what was awesome. in there and stuff yeah. yeah
1: it is smaller than i thought it's tiny it's cool it it's rad it reminds me of the ps2 days when i used to take memory cards all around and shove them in this is dope i really like this piece of tech not for the price, though. Not for, Remember it's, that? Not pleased with the price.
3: It is. Uh, hey, listen, you did this for us. You went out there and bought it, and they're like, all right, we got him. We got him. But, yeah. ladies and gentlemen, he, his wallet has been compromised to a permanent end. We can now lower the price. Yes. Uh, so, thank you, actually. I really appreciate it.
1: <laughs> I had that happen. Uh, of course, positive news for all you Xbox gamers out there. But this will end our show with... My gaming daddy, Jeff Grub, the coolest dude on the internet. Jeff Grubb, where can everybody find you? Where can they hang out and get more of you? Because I always want more Jeff Grub in my life. Where can the best friends find you and hang out with you?
3: Yeah, I got I got my Discord, Discord.gg/games. We got a great community over there. A lot of we, you can kind of keep track of my stuff that I do over there as well. And then Giant Bomb, uh, we're doing a playthrough of Four Swords Adventures uh, that I am just in love with. It is that is a magical game to play. It's one I never could get running, because who had four Game Boy Advances? And turns out, we do. Wink on our computers. Wink. And it's uh, been a lot of fun to play it that way, uh, but it's also a complete nightmare, because that's a game where you have to work together, and it's a game that gives you every opportunity to mess with everyone else you're playing with. And so it's like, most of the time, it's like having kids. I have to go run after Dan Reichert, pick him up, carry him to where we're supposed to be, and he's trying to get it, like, wiggle out of my hands, and run and go hit a, a chicken so they all attack us. It's a nightmare, but it's a really good time to watch. I'm really happy with what we've done with that. So check that out. We did a new episode of that this week. So that's on giantbomb.com.
1: That's dope, Jeff Grubb. Well, thanks for kicking in with me and Paris. Of course, Paris, of course. like I said, next two weeks, jam-packed. We got Ryan McCaffrey coming in. We got Andrew and Renee right before Summer Games Fest. So, Jeff Grubb, you've been the kickoff to a fun summer start for us here on the X-Cast. So thank you to you for joining us. Paris? I can't wait to see you next week, but until then it's time to say goodbye. What's your final words for all the X-Cast faithful out there?
2: This has been the worst technical issues I've had. <laughs> in my past in my two years. <laughs> That's my final word. no, i I am excited uh, obviously, to you know, continue to do this podcast. You know, get to see you in a couple of weeks uh, down here in Los Angeles for Summer yes. Game Fest. And I cannot wait for the episode with Andrea Renee because I'm going to grill her about the bet that she is going to lose. And she knows you guys will see in a couple weeks.
1: All right. Well, with that, we'll see you all next week. Thanks a lot, gamers, for hanging out with us. Until then, peace.